Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. I'm going to go straight to prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, O Lord God, we've come before you this day, O Lord, to partake of your word and to read and to listen to your word. And we thank you so much for this time that we're about to have with you, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that Holy Spirit will minister to every single listener that is out there today, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father God, I know that there's someone out there that is struggling with faith right now. There are some things that they are praying for, that they are believing for, and their faith is wavering, O Lord. So I pray, Heavenly Father God, that through this message, O Lord, Holy Spirit will minister to them, speak to them in their own special way, in your own special way, to minister to their heart and to their needs. We thank you, Heavenly Father, and I give this time and this space entirely over to you, O Lord. Take it where you will for your honor and your glory and your praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Praise God again. Welcome to Genesis 1. Pastor Mike here. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about faith today. And uh, before I get into it, why don't you go get your Bible, hit pause, or get your Bible and a marker, a piece of paper, a pencil, a pen, or something like that to take some notes because Holy Spirit may be ministering to you today. And there may be some scriptures that are, uh, he wants to bring back to you to remember, remembrance uh, at some other point in time uh, in the very near future. Amen. So God is good all the time, and all the time God is indeed good. And uh, in talking about faith, you know, we've kind of been here before a couple of times, and especially in talking about uh, uh, walking by faith, which is what we're going to talk about here today a little bit. But, you know, um, whether you realize it or not, you know, I, I, I pray uh, before I develop any sermons, any messages uh, for these series, um, I don't have a stack of uh, canned messages waiting in a, in a bookshelf somewhere or, or, or sermons that are, are set by some corporate, you know, entity over me and so forth. The only entity over me is Holy Spirit, you know, and uh, so I pray before I, I put these messages together. And uh, this um, walking by faith, uh, we've been here before, but uh, Holy Spirit uh, impressed upon me, you know, to, to, to give it again, to talk about it again because uh, um, I believe understanding what it is to, to walk by faith and not by sight is, is something that many of us wrestle with. Amen? Amen. So I want to lay a little foundation work first, and then we'll get to the heart of the matter. Amen? God is good. So why don't we start by going to uh, James chapter 2, verse number 14. James chapter 2, verse number 14. Thank you, Jesus. James 2, chapter 14. And it starts out by saying, what does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he has faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, depart in peace, be ye warm and filled, notwithstanding you give him not those things which are needful to the body, what does it profit him or how does it benefit him? Okay. Even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead, being alone. Even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man? That faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. Okay, so in other words, you can have faith for something, something coming to pass, but if you don't act or take some action 
uh, on that thing that you're hoping and praying to come to path pass, then you having faith is, is not enough. It has to be be backed up and activated by some action. And what that is saying there about if anyone comes to you and says that, you know, someone that is naked or destitute of food and doesn't have food, and they say to you, you know, they're telling you about it, and you simply say, well, depart and go in peace. Well, you know, imagine if somebody came to your doorstep and rang your doorbell or knocked on your door and said to you, Jesus, it's freezing out here, you know, the snow's coming down and I'm cold and I'm also hungry, you know, please help me. And if you stand there in your warm, cozy house, you know, as you're chewing on a sandwich and you look at him and you say, oh, God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And you back away and you close the door in his face. How is that person benefiting by that? You didn't take any action. You didn't give that person a warm coat or a blanket to put on. You did not give that person some food. So by you wishing, oh, God bless you and have faith and do this and do that, that is not helping that person at all. Okay. So so it is in our lives. If you're praying for something and the Lord has given you some direction and something to do, you need to take action on whatever that thing is, whether whether or not it seems uh, likely that that action of yours is going to help matters in any way. You still you have to take some action because then that backs up your faith by you stepping out in that manner shows that you have some faith in things coming out the way that you're praying for them to happen, okay? When Abraham, when God told uh, told Abraham to to go forth and, and take your son Isaac uh, out there and, uh, um, you know, to, to sacrifice him and everything, and, you know, and God said, hey, go out there and do what I'm telling you to do. Abraham had faith. Now, this was the boy that he had prayed for all of this time, as old as he was, to finally have a son, and he finally has that son, you know, and now God is telling him to go sacrifice him, Okay. So he, he acted, he took an action because he knew that God would provide some kind of way. Abraham knew that somehow there was going to be a blessing out of this because he trusted God. And what did he do? He went to that place, he tied up the lad, and as he was about to, uh, to, um, to hit him with that, to stab him with that knife, the dagger that he had, you know, the Lord stopped him and says, um, I will provide. And look, there's a ram in the bush. There's a ram in the bush. Grab that ram and you sacrifice the ram instead of your son. Okay, so Abraham, he, he, he took an action there, okay, and that activated his faith, okay. So, so it is with us. Faith without some works is dead. Now, now this is not about the, the, um, the works ministry that so many um, believe in or the works doctrine that so many believe in, which basically says that, you, you know, I, I go to church every Sunday, you know, I give a good portion of my salary. Uh, I'm, I'm on the deacon's board or um, I go to church every Sunday and I go midweek service. I'm involved with that. Uh, I'm in charge of the little Boy Scout group that we have. And I do this. And I'm a gentleman. I'm a good person. I, I don't steal. I don't, you know, and it's all about what you do. That's works. And they think that because they do all of these things that, that I'm going to get to heaven, that I'm saved. The word of God says the only way for you to be saved is to confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So anything short of that, uh, you're not saved. There's no salvation for you. OK, but many think that because of my works and I'm a good person, that that's going to save me. So what this is saying, faith without works is dead. That is not that kind of, of, uh, of discussion, okay, where people think that my works is going to get me saved. This is saying here that if you have some faith without you carrying out what needs to be done, okay, that faith is dead, okay? It has, it has no life to it. All right. Okay. So, so this is, is, is faith, um, um, of us working and activating our faith, which comes about, uh, when specific events are going on, let's say.
Okay, maybe there's something, some, some uh, one particular item that you're praying about. You know, let's dwell on on a, a specific event or something that you're praying and you're hoping for, and you showing your faith and and, and you're working that faith, and your faith gets activated, and, and you wind up being blessed accordingly. Okay, now that's like one-time things that happen from time to time. What I want to talk about today is the kind of faith that is constant. That faith, that faith of yours that, that is constant. That isn't something that just occurs where you work your faith at specific points in your time when there, there is a specific need for something. Okay. We need a faith that is constant in our lives that we don't have to just work at activating when something in our lives come up. Okay. So now, You've heard the expression, walk the talk. I'm sure you have, okay? Many people say that today. You know, oh, why, you know, walk the talk, what talk? But more people today, and it kind of annoys me, to be honest with you, many people today say, talk the talk. You know, especially like if they're criticizing someone, they say, oh, he's a good this and he's a good that. But he doesn't, he, he, he doesn't walk the walk, I should say. Many times they say he doesn't walk the walk. Okay, when they're criticizing someone, he or she doesn't do this, they don't do that. He simply doesn't walk the walk. And what they really should be saying is, he or she doesn't walk the talk. Now, walking the talk means that your talk, if you will, what they're talking about, is what someone is saying uh, about themselves or, or some position that they're holding on a particular topic. They're, they're, they're spouting all of this stuff. They're, 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 they're talking a good game. Okay, but when it comes down to carrying out what they're talking about, they're not walking it. Okay, so if you're not walking the talk, in other words, you're not carrying out, you're not living your life in accordance with how uh, uh, what what you're claiming you're all about. Okay, and what you're claiming are the right things to do. Your life is not being carried out that way, so you are not walking the talk. It's not walk the walk. You are not walking the talk. What you're saying you're doing and what you're you're holding up to be truth and everything, you're not living your life accordingly. Okay. All right. So, so, so we want to make sure that what we are doing in our lives, what we are saying and what we are claiming we are, are, are doing or what we're claiming that we are, who we claim we are, that we make sure we are walking our lives accordingly, according to how we're talking. It, OK, now, when it comes down to walking, um, you think about walking, for instance, uh, you don't have to pray to God. Uh, well, Lord, I'm going to put my left foot down. Okay, Lord, now I pray. I'm going to put my right foot down. Okay, Lord, my left foot down again. Okay, Lord, my right foot down. You don't have to pray about walking. <laughs> Thank God. You don't have to pray about walking. Walking is something that is kind of done automatically, automatically, okay? If you're going to go from your chair to go over to get your Bible, you don't have to give too much thought to it. I mean, other than, all right, my Bible's on the table over there. I'm going to get up and go get it. But you don't have to think about how you are, what the mechanics of your walking to get there. It just kind of happens automatically, okay? I, you know, that is, of course, all things being equal. You know, we're in good health and we don't have any health issues and things like that. And we're able to walk. You just get up and walk. You do it automatically. You don't have to sit there and pray about it. Well, this is how, this is how that we need to get our spiritual lives in order, you know, for us to do that. We need to get our spiritual lives to that same place. When it comes down to having faith, that it's an automatic thing. We don't have to focus on every single moment, every single time that we got to focus on, on doing something to activate it, that that faith is always, is always there. Okay. It should be that way with our spiritual lives because our spiritual lives impact how we live in this physical life. 
Okay, our spiritual life directly impacts how we live our, our physical lives. You know, and you may not even realize it because many of us just kind of go through life without thinking about, you know, you know how how is my spiritual attitude or my spiritual approach to anything in life? How is that going to impact what I do physically? Well, there's a big connection, a big connection. Okay, because what you are or are not doing in your spiritual life winds up uh, 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 flowing into and guiding what you, what's happening in your physical life. Okay. So if this is true, then activating or working our faith should be just as natural and automatic as walking there. Okay, where we're not got to focus and concentrate every single time on everything's in our everything in our lives. We need to be constantly in a state where we are walking, walking by our faith. We don't just work our faith; we walk by faith, meaning that our faith comes just as naturally as walking. Now, of course, let's go to the Word of God to see what else says says about that. Let's go to Second uh, Corinthians five, verse six. Second Corinthians five, verse number six, and there it says, "Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith." not by sight, okay? Amplified version of the Bible says a little more, more clearly. It says that, so then, we are always full of good and hopeful and confident courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are abroad from the home with the Lord. That is promised us. For we walk by faith. We regulate our lives, regulate our lives, and conduct ourselves by our conviction or belief respecting man's relationship to God and divine things with trust and holy fervor. Thus, we walk not by sight or appearance. Okay? Right? That's what we need to get to the place that we are, where we don't walk by what we think uh, is going on around us. We don't walk by what things appear to be. Walking by faith is an interesting biblical concept when you stop and think about it, because God gave us five senses. We have sight, touch, taste, smell, and hearing. God intricately designed each one of those sense organs to transmit information to our brain. God designed our eyes in a way which is such a miraculous thing. I mean, the, the colors that we can see, the range of colors. And so, I mean, it, it, it's amazing how our eyes adjust to light and darkness and everything. That man has not really been able to develop robotics that can directly mimic what God has done with the human eye. The same thing with, with, the, with our other five senses, our other four senses. Okay, the, the, the nose, the ears, you know, I mean, taste. I mean, all of that is so intricately designed that, 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 that man cannot duplicate those things, all right? And when you stop and think about it, okay, it is through these senses that we make our way through the physical world that is around us. All right, all right. Your eyes, your ears, your nose, you know, your, your hearing and your sense of touch. It helps us to navigate this very complex world that we go through. Okay? And many times, most of the time, we don't have to stop and think about, or, 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 well, I'm going to see, I'm going to listen. Well, sometimes you may say, well, let me listen intently to this. But for the, the general hearing that we hear is something that is ongoing on the time. And thank God we don't have to pray and think about it every single step of the way. Our five senses help us to understand and to notice what is happening in our world. Today, though, we are talking about sight beyond the physical ability of seeing. Okay. All right. All right. When, you, when you say sight, right away, your mind kind of lock, kind of locks on just you being, you, you, you visually observing something. You know, you're visually seeing something with your eyes. 
But the sight that we're talking about here, and in terms of what Scripture is saying, that we walk by faith and not by sight, okay, this is a much broader broader, more encompassing uh, uh, understanding of, of the word sight. Scripturally speaking, we are talking about sight as it pertains to what is being experienced through the collective operation of all five senses in our life. Okay. So it says we walk by sight, walk by faith and not by sight. Okay. That means that the sight is not talking about what you see. It's talking about what you are perceiving about things that are around you. Okay. What you are perceiving about your prospects of getting a job. It's not just your sight. Many, many other things are being taken. Many other factors are going into your, uh, to your assumption or to your understanding of what is going on relative to that, to that desire to get that particular job, okay, or to pass that exam in school. So when we say here in the Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight, it is not by what we are seeing with just our eyes. It's taking in everything in terms of what it is that we are experiencing in our lives. Scripturally speaking, sight is whatever you are feeling or believing based on whatever is happening or not happening in your life. Okay? Whatever is, is happening or not happening in your life. This is what you are indeed perceiving. As an example, with your sense of hearing, you may have overheard someone saying something negative uh, about your situation. So you start losing faith in God to give you what you're praying for. Okay. Maybe you overheard someone, you know, you didn't really mean to or intend to. You heard someone say, oh, gee, no, 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 he's never going to get that position. She'll never get that promotion. No, no, she's not this or she's not that. Or he's not that or he's too this or she's too that. Or you'll never get it. Okay. And so then all of a sudden you start losing your faith. Okay. Now, right there, what you're doing is in biblical terms, you're, you're walking by sight, even though in this particular case, it's not directly pertaining to sight. It's something that you're hearing. But that hearing helps you to form, uh, to form, to form a perception of what is going on around you, thereby stealing your faith. Okay, and then you wind up walking by or, or, or conducting your life and your actions based on what you heard. Again, this particular case, there was no direct sight involved, but it's what you heard that winds up getting you off off key. All right, so this is where you, you're not walking by faith; you're walking by sight. You're walking by by by, by, in, by external uh, uh, stimuli, external things that are happening to you that makes you form an opinion of where you think things are going in your life. All right, and therefore you wind up losing faith. All right, you're losing faith. You know, another example maybe you read something saying that a decision was made against you, and you will not be victorious over a difficult situation in your life. Well, the same thing applies there. You know, you're walking by sight instead of walking by faith. You're going by what your what, what your senses are telling you about the about the world around you and about what is going on, going on in your world. Walking by faith and not by sight means that regardless of what information you may come across, a doctor's report, a financial statement, etc., you keep the faith knowing that God will deliver you. Right? We we can't even let going to the doctors get us to the point where we just all of a sudden start losing our faith. Right. Now, I'm the first one to tell you, I will tell you, you know, I shot it from the rooftops. You know, God put doctors here for a reason. God uses doctors. OK. All right. So but what I am saying to you is that just because you do see a doctor's report, don't let that dash you to pieces. Don't let that just totally you know, tear you up. OK. You have to believe that Jesus said that with, God said, with Jesus stripes, you are healed. Okay, that foreshadows, but that just overrules anything that any doctor's uh, report could even say about you. Okay, all right. You, you have to remember again, God uses doctors. I know one of the things that I do 
when a family member is ill or someone comes to me and asks for prayer because uh, they're having a medical situation going on and are about to undergo surgery or so forth, you know, what I always pray is that Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, oh Lord God, please guide those doctors' hands, guide their doctors' decisions. You know, I pray for every single person on that medical team. I pray for the medical, the, the anesthesiologists, the nurses, you know, the radiologists, whomever is involved. I pray, Heavenly Father, you know, let your Holy Spirit guide them, O oh Lord God, to make the proper decisions and take the proper actions about, about what needs to be done for so-and-so that I'm praying for. Okay, because God uses doctors, right? And I have seen many, many times over the many years where people have confounded doctors. I mean, people that I know have confounded doctors with a report that they had, where they, you know, they believed this person was terminal or this was going to happen, this was going to go wrong, and the person totally was healed and, and, and was pulled and was pulled, pulled through. And, you know, I've, I've heard of cases there, people that I know where the doctor had x-rays and showed them the x-ray, you know, you've got this spot here, you've got this here, you've got that here, and so on. And then the next time they go back, they say, oh, my gee whiz, I don't know what happened, but we don't see that spot, you know, where, where it should have been. There's nothing wrong, you know, you, God totally healed them, okay? All right, all right. So what I'm saying to you in that regard is you have to walk by faith and not by sight. Don't be so quick to go by what a medical report is saying, Okay. Right. And again, you, you pray about it. You pray about it. You know, the doctor says, I want you to take this particular medication. And if you've got concerns about it, pray about it. Pray about it. The Lord will tell you whether to take it or not to take it. Again, God uses doctors. God uses medicines. But you pray about it. What I'm saying, do not get destroyed. Do not get totally cast down just because your sight, your environment gives you negative news about something in your life. Okay. You keep that faith. That's where you're walking, by faith and not by sight. And it makes a big difference in how you conduct your life. It makes a big difference, okay? Regardless of what information, you know, financial statements, I don't care what your bank account says, God indeed will provide. God indeed will provide so that you can pay, you can pay your bills. You can do whatever it is that you need to do. You know, this is all walking by faith and not by sight. Amen? Amen. Now, in order for you to walk by faith, okay, Another requirement is there also. You must also be able to walk in the Spirit. Okay? Walking in the Spirit then prepares you and keeps you in a place where you can always wind up walking by faith and not by sight. Walking in the Spirit will keep your mind off of the things in the external uh, world and keep you more focused on the spiritual realm, which is where God's happenings really, really take place. And if we go to Galatians 5.16... Galatians 5.16, it says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Okay, so the things of the the flesh, the things of our mind, the things that we focus on as human beings and whatnot, you know, these things are contrary to to the spirit, to the Holy Spirit. Okay, and and they often clash. They're like they're like oil and water. Holy Spirit will be directing you to do, think and behave one way, whereas the flesh will have you going in another direction. And it's counter to what God would be having you to do. Okay, it says that these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you should or that you would. 
But if you be led of the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and, and the like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay. Now again, Amplified Version gives us a little more insight into what's being said here. It says that, but I say, verse 16, but I say, walk and live habitually in the Holy Spirit, responsive to and controlled and guided by the Spirit, then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh of human nature without God. Okay, of human nature without God. For the desires of the flesh are opposed to the Holy Spirit. And the desires of the spirit are opposed to the flesh, godless human nature. The flesh is referring to godless human nature. For these are antagonistic to each other, continually withstanding and in conflict with each other, so that you are not free, but are prevented from doing what you desire to do. Okay? So walking and doing the things that we would normally do without God in our lives, okay, you know, partying hard, you know, and, and um, going outside of your marital vows and so forth and all of these other things there that the, these scriptures are talking about here. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 that's the way of the flesh. Okay, the Holy Spirit gives us clean and clear direction on how God wants us to act in our lives. But the two are, 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 are at odds with each other. Like I said, they're like oil and water. Okay, verse 18 says, but if you are guided or led by the Holy Spirit, you are not subject to the law. You're not subject to the law. Okay. Then it goes on to say here in verse 22, back to the King James, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance against such. There is no law. And they that are in Christ have crucified the flesh, have crucified the flesh with the afflictions and lusts. If we live in the spirit, let us walk in the spirit. Please underline that. If we live in the spirit, let us walk in the spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. Okay? So it's difficult to walk by faith if you're not walking in the spirit, because your mind will be focused on what is going on around you. Okay? Your sight, what you're seeing and perceiving. Okay? If you're not walking in the spirit, then you're walking in the flesh. It means that all of these other things that, you know, that, that could be going on in, in your life, you know, there's a whole list of things, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelation, you know, and, and, and all of these things that pertain to the flesh, fleshly or carnal thinking, is contrary to, to Holy Spirit living. Okay? So it's very, very hard for you to, to, to have faith, okay, to walk by faith and not by sight if you are not being led by Holy Spirit. Because the minute something develops in your life, you're going to uh, react. You're going to react with the flesh, so to speak. You'll be reacting with the flesh, thinking, the OG is I'm doomed now. This is not going to happen. This is not going to work. Okay. So you need to make sure that we are doing our darndest to make sure that we are walking in the spirit. Okay. And not walking in the flesh. We need to focus on what is going on in, in, our, in, our, in the spiritual realm with our faith. Okay. With our faith. It's important. You cannot do both. So if you want to walk by faith, you make sure that you're walking in the spirit where you are constantly being guided by Holy Spirit and not by the ways of the world. Okay. And that means listening to people too. 
I say to one of my other message, don't be a people pleaser. Don't be, don't be trying to please people all the time because the minute that something goes wrong in your life, you know, you get a letter, a phone call or something like that, you know, involving something that you're praying for, you know, there'll be those people around who will be quick to jump on saying, see, I told you that wasn't going to work. See, I told you we weren't going to get that blessing. You're not worthy to receive that anyway. You're not this, you're not, you're not, you're not. Okay. So don't be entertaining those kind of conversations. All right. Walk in the spirit and do what God would want you to do. Okay, yeah. and and in moving forward here, the last scripture that I want to address here, um, where we can get some more spiritual insights uh, to stop and remind ourselves of where we are and who we are in Christ Jesus, and 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 how God loves us and cares for us. Uh, a good old scripture that is always worth you keeping, you know, on a, on your nightstand, written down someplace, or a stick them on your mirror or whatever, or, you know, on your smartphone someplace. It's good old Psalm 91, okay? So if we go to Psalm 91 here, and starting with verse number 1. Psalm 91, verse number 1. Oops. Bible didn't do that, right? Psalm 91, verse number 1. There we go. Let's read through this and see what, what God is telling us through this. Very, very impressive song. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Okay? I want to dissect what that is being said here right out of the box. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. Okay? Underline that word dwelleth because it's important. Okay? Dwelling is where you live. If I say to my mother-in-law that uh, I'm going to come by this weekend and I show up with my toothbrush in my pajamas, you know, I say, oh boy, Mike is coming to visit, visit for a while. He's coming to stay for a bit. Glad to see him. He's coming to stay for a bit. Meaning and thinking that I'm coming to stay for, for, for a, a, a limited period of time. I got my toothbrush in my PJs. And so at some point I'll come and at some point I'll leave. All right. Like that, that's a visit. But if all of a sudden I go to my mother's and mother-in-law's house and I say, I'm coming by mom and I show up and she sees a moving van out front. And I'm unloading my furniture, my entire wardrobe and everything like, like that, everything that I own and bring in here. She says, whoa, wait a minute. You know, Mike is not coming to visit. He's coming here to live, it appears. All right. Which, which means that this is an indefinite period of time. There's no limitation. He's moving in lock, stock and barrel. So he's coming here to dwell with me. So when this scripture here says that he that dwells in the secret place of the most high, that means that you're living in that most secret place okay, of the most high which is God's place. And the secret place of the Most High means that those evil beings, those demons that are out there trying to bring such havoc into your life, they can't find you because they're being hidden. You're in that secret place, God's secret place, and you're living there. Okay, Us in modern day terms, means that means that, that we're not just visiting God on a Sunday for a couple of hours. We're not just visiting God on the, the Wednesday midweek service. We're not just visiting, visiting God like on, on, during Bible study. Okay, that, that, That's a visit. Dwelling with God means that I'm taking up residence in God in that secret place of the Most High, the secret place where I am safe because the enemy can't find me. And it says that he shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Okay. All right. So that means that you're safe and you're living there. You're not visiting, you're living. Verse number two says, I will say of the Lord that he's my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. But say of the Lord that he is my refuge. Now, what is a refuge? A refuge is a place of safety. 
Okay, if you're in that secret place with God, that means that you're in a place of safety. And it says that, and he's my fortress. A fortress means that where he, where you are in that, in that secret place, that safe place, you are also under protection because God's place is a fortress round about you. The enemy cannot break through to destroy you or to impact you or to influence your way of life, influence what you're praying for. It just won't work because you're in a safe place, a place of refuge and a place of safety where God is protecting you. And then it says, my God in him will I trust. Verse number three says, surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowl and from the noise and pestilence. Okay, deliver you from the snare of the fowl. What, what is a snare? A snare is a trap. A snare is a very sneakily devised trap. Okay, you think of a snare, at least I think of a snare, and you think of a small rabbit, you know, or, or bird that you're trying to, to capture. You know, that little snare is very, very, very craftily made so that the little animal doesn't even realize that it's a trap. Well, that's what the devil tries to do, us, do to us in our lives. Okay, he tries to trap us in ways that we're not even aware of the fact that he's trying to trap us. Okay. And we wind up falling into those things throughout life because the, the, the word of God also says that he walks about like a roaring lion trying to see who he can destroy and devour. So the devil has little snares and traps out there for us. But if we are abiding and dwelling with God, then we will not we will not fall prey to that. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noise and pestilence. Pestilence is disease. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. There's your mother hen. You know, or a mother, a female bird, you know, with her, her little, little birdlings, if that's such a word, you know, with the little baby birds there. Okay. You'll see many times they have the birds, the babies under the wing. The mother does under the wings for protection again. Right? Okay, these are words of protection here. He shall cover thee. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall trust. So, I mean, you can trust on the covering of God. If God has you under his wings, that means you're in a safe place again, and you can trust on him. You can trust him. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day. Don't be afraid for what might be happening at nighttime. Don't be afraid for, you know, they have the, the enemy likes to attack you at night just about before you're going to sleep. He'll have you laying there worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow, you know, or even worrying about maybe about going to sleep. With everything that's going on around in the streets today and in neighborhoods and, and so forth, you know, many people, they go to, they go to a bed, go to bed and they're afraid. You know, they've got all their alarms set and the locks on the door, which you should do. I'm not saying to leave your doors open. But one of the things that I do to give me peace at night is that I always pray, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, please encamp your ministering angels round about this house inside and out to keep us safe from harm seen and unseen. And once I do that and I realize that God will be protecting me, then I can go to sleep and I can sleep, sleep up, sleep peacefully. Okay. He says, you shall not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day. Do the same thing when you go out to the store, you're going out to work, you know, ask the Lord, Heavenly Father, come with me. I know you're there. Let Holy Spirit be in the car with me or on the train or on the bus and, and have your angels please encamp around about me as I travel to keep me safe from harm seen and unseen. And then you don't worry about what's going to come down, down the pike in the daytime. You see, and we have so much going on in the streets these days. Crime is on the rise. We have all of this going on around us. I don't care where you are at some point, you know, there's something going on. And so that means that we have to rely, learn to rely on God, to trust him for our safety going and coming and, and at nighttime. 
okay? Nor for the pestilence that walk in darkness, nor for the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side and 10,000 at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Please underline that, but it shall not come nigh thee. I don't care what's going on in your neighborhood, in your community, in your world. All right. And you may see things where, where people are just, oh, my gosh, you know, they're, they're dropping either, in, you know, either from, from sickness or from, from hard times or whatever it may be. In other words, there are people that are struggling. God is saying here that, that these things shall not come nigh thee. He will not come, come near you. OK, so you have to, again, knowing that that you're dwelling in God and that God is your safe place. And under his wings, okay, you'll be protected and everything. Don't worry about things that are going on around you. Don't worry about things that are happening to your neighbor next door, your neighbor up the street or in the next town, the next village. Okay, and so many things may even come to pass. You know, as, as Jesus tarries, we don't know what lies before us. But just remember that if you're trusting in God and you're dwelling in him, that you'll be safe. That's the whole point here. Okay, and knowing these things will help you to, to, to walk in the spirit. And therefore, you will wind up walking by faith, by walking by faith, if you're able to to understand and get these these thoughts planted deeply within your spirit. Verse number eight says, only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see uh, the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation. There's that word habitation. A habitat is where you live. Okay, making it your habitation, meaning that that is where you live. Even the Most High, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee. See, again, walking by faith and not by sight. Okay, walking in the Spirit, knowing that neither shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Right. So don't worry about what's going on around you. God is going to see, keep you safe. God will keep you safe and your loved ones safe. All right. This is walking in the spirit, having a clear understanding. All right. And because of that, you can walk by faith and not by sight. All right. And you can do your work. I mean, you can do whatever it is God is telling you to do. And you step out by faith and you do what God is telling you to do. Okay. Verse number 12 says, they shall bear, uh, I'm sorry, 11, for he shall give his angels charge over thee. There it is. Remember I said what I prayed? For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep you in all your ways. Know that God will keep you. He put his angels round about you. We can't see into the spirit realm unless God so chooses. Unless God so chooses. Okay. Remember what Elijah told Elisha, you know, when the army was coming down on them? And they looked out and they saw the, the army of, the, I think it was the Syrians, if I remember correctly, the Syrians that were coming down upon them. And there were many, many chariots and horses of the army that is out there. And Elijah said, Lord, open Elijah's eyes, open his eyes that he may see. And when, the God, grant, when God granted Elijah's wish, Elisha's eyes were open and then he could see the chariots, the chariots and, and of, of angels that were out there that far outnumbered the Syrian army, far outnumbered them. But prior to that time, prior to the time that Elijah prayed for his eyes to be opened, he didn't see. He didn't know what was out there. Okay, so we have angels that are around about us to keep us safe. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep you safe in all your ways. They shall bear you up in their hands, lest you dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. 
I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. All right. See verse number 15, underline all of verse number 15. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. So it means that if you know all of this and you, you call upon the Lord, remember that God will answer you. God wants you to succeed. God wants to bless you. He doesn't want you struggling through life. He doesn't want you worrying about things. God is trying to tell you today through this message that if you walk by faith and not by what you're seeing around you, not by what is happening around you, okay, that then indeed you will indeed be blessed. Okay. Always walk in the spirit, remembering that I need to make sure I keep that I keep that this flesh, this flesh nature down. You know, you know, I, I crucify that flesh nature. I crucify all the worldly behaviors. Right? Something goes wrong. I don't blow up and attack someone just be simply because maybe they attacked me. Okay. Okay. I don't go the way and be and behave the way the world behaves. I make sure that, that I'm, I'm, I'm having patience, I'm having love, and all of the things, the fruit of the Spirit, all of the things that the Word of God says that we should be doing when we are being led by the Spirit so that we can indeed walk in the Spirit. And remember that if you call upon me, I will answer. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Okay? So God is telling us a ton of information through that 91st Psalm. So having that information and knowing, remembering again, dwelling, where are you living? You know, and where is your habitat? You know, are you living in God? Are you realizing that God is your safety? He's your protection. You know, he's your hiding place. Remembering all of that. Okay, how are you going through your life? Whatever it is that you may be believing for, you keep on having faith in God and continue to ask him, Lord, is there anything that I need to do? What steps do I need to take, Lord? Am I missing the mark? Is there something that I should do that I didn't do? Or is there something that I did that I shouldn't have done? And ask his direction. If there's something that you did that you shouldn't have done, then you speedily repent so that he can forgive you and cleanse you by the blood of the Lamb. Amen? Amen? Walk by faith and not by sight. Very important for us Christians to grab hold of it. You know, I can see why Holy Spirit had me to, to deliver this message again, because as I said in the opening, there are many things that's, that's going on around us, and many uh, uncertain times are ahead of us. Uh, many things that are going on that we don't quite understand as human beings, but we have to understand that. If we just keep our eyes focused on the Lord, we will be okay. If you're a child of God, you will indeed be okay. And if you're not a child of God, if you haven't given yourself to Lord and to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Christ, it isn't very, very simple. You simply just need to say, Heavenly Father, you know, please, I, I want what you want me to have. Lord Jesus, come into my life, Lord Jesus. I believe and I know that you are indeed the Son of the living God. I've tried doing this thing myself, my life, and it's just not going the way that it should be going. So, Lord, I realize that I cannot do it. So, Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. Come into my heart. You know, I repent of my sinful ways. I repent of the things that I've done. Go on and tell the Lord, just re, you know, Lord, I repent of this, I repent of that. Lord, please just set me free. Cleanse me, I pray. Lord Jesus, come into my life. I need you. Simply pray that, okay? And if you know if I talk, you know, spoke too fast or quickly there, simply hit pause and rewind this message and play it again so that you can, you can speak those words along with me. 
And that's all it takes. The minute you've done that, then you are what we call born again. You are now a born again believer. Okay, you're washed free, you're cleansed, okay, your sins have been, been taken care of, and, and now you have a place into eternity, you have a place in, in, in heaven, because now you've been saved, as simple as that, okay? Uncertain times, but we have a very certain God. Uncertain times, but we have a very certain faith. Uncertain times, but we have someone who is looking, looking there to, to lead us, and simply waiting for you to just say, God, I need you, simple as that. Amen. Amen. So think about these things, pray about these things. And, 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 and I hope that you can take some time and spend with the Lord and let him just minister to your heart and, and set you free and to put you at ease because he does not want you to suffer. He does not want you to be anxious. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hope this message was a blessing to you. And um, if it was, consider passing the link to these, uh, to this website on. You can be reached at www.genesis1.sermon.net www.genesis1.sermon.net you look at the top of the page and you'll see a uh, subscribe button click on that subscribe button and you'll be notified automatically when these messages are available we're on YouTube Genesis 1 Christian Ministries and we have free apps for Android and Apple devices and those uh, apps can be found at the respective uh, Play Stores for Apple and Android devices uh, all free of charge again and, and through the website all through the apps these messages uh, can be downloaded and saved uh, the video portion can be downloaded or the audio only portion can be downloaded either way you know it, it's all free of charge we only want to spread the gospel the good news of Jesus Christ around about the world so that those that do not yet know God will come to know him through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. So, so again, I pray this message was a blessing. Pass it on. Remember that God loves you. Okay. God loves you. Remember that we always need to remember that we need to walk by faith and not by sight. Go forth and be blessed. Be forth. Go forth and be blessed. Let us close in prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for this time that we've had with you, Lord God, and we pray that as we go through the balance of the week and day ahead of us, O Lord God, that we shall remember these words, that we shall remember that we need to always walk by faith and not by what is going on around us, O Lord God. Let us always look unto you, O Lord God. Please speak to us and guide us, O Lord God, if we are misstepping or going where you do not wish us to go, O Lord God. We just praise you, Heavenly Father. We magnify thy most glorious name, and we thank you. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen, amen, amen. Okay, I say to you again, go forth and be blessed. And remember always that Jesus is Lord.